but in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight and in many ways our message for tonight continues that theme of surrender over control and the title for tonight's message is never lose heart and this phrase has been going round and round and round my head all week in fact I said to JJ I want to write a rap for the evening congregation because I was like never lose heart never lose heart it was just going round I had this little thing going so he tried it was absolutely brilliantly hysterical but not appropriate for this evening service so we might work on that for another moment but tonight I'm afraid no rap But just as you get settled in to this evening's message, we're going to watch a video clip to set the theme, Never Lose Heart. Take a look at the screen. Australia is a vast and beautiful country. It is also home to some of the harshest and most challenging climates in the world. This is where two incredible individuals embark on a journey to set and break world records. Jeanette and Alan are on an epic adventure to run 366 consecutive marathons around this vast continent. All in their 60s, all powered by raw. We follow their journey through the highs and the lows to see the raw courage it took to face the challenges on the road. I was coming into Sydney, we got involved with a, a cyclone. And we had about at least seven days of torrential rain and wind. We had some extreme heat. So days, four days in a row, 44 degrees. And the temperature coming off the road was often near 50 degrees. That's like 120 degrees Fahrenheit, apparently. And the raw courage it took to face the greatest challenge of their lives. When I was diagnosed with cancer, I had one grandchild and he was uh, only about a year old and it was it was really the realization when I was told that I only had six months to live that that meant I only had six months of his life to be a part of it I knew that I didn't want to miss out I told him I'd always be there for him so uh you don't break a promise to your grandson. <laughs> He's now 14 years old and he has a younger brother and he has little cousins, my other three grandchildren, who are eight and four and one and a half. How could I miss out on that? Watches this beautiful love story unfolds, the love between Jeanette and Alan their love for their family, the love for our planet, and the love for all species. What an amazing story, an amazing couple. 366 consecutive marathons every day, and they only ate raw fruit and vegetables. I mean... Steve and George and I just, we're lost at that because we hardly eat any fruit and vegetables. Uh, But anyway, that is just incredible, incredible determination. And uh, there's a whole, if you want to watch it, you can look up on YouTube. There's a whole story about these marathons and how they faced all sorts of challenges along the way. But I thought it would be a helpful image for us to have about keep 
keeping on going and about never losing heart. So our key verse for this evening is from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1, which says this. Therefore, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. We do not lose heart. So this morning I was at uh, Reverend Tim Rose's church over in Littleton. I took my first ever BCP service, which is the Book of Common Prayer. It had words like beseech and all sorts of other things that I didn't particularly understand. And a few times I did trip over my words, but they said at the end it was all fine. And they all shook my hands and smiled. So hopefully it was okay. But before the service, Tim and I prayed as we always do together. And we prayed and I had this word I said I really sense that there's a prophetic word and actually Ron challenged me to have a prophetic word at the BCP that was his challenge Um, and it was unfolding that's it unfolding so in the middle of the BCP I watched him as he unfolded this in a very special way I had no idea how he's doing this like it looked like a handkerchief but I'm sure it's got a proper name Uh, unfolded it ready for the communion and there it was and I was like Lord is it is it something about that and the, de- the, the morning went through. Tim has three morning services, so it's fairly back-to-back and full-on. And somehow, I, d- I, I wasn't sure what it was. I wasn't sure what it was. So in the end, I came home with this word, but I hadn't done anything with it. And as we were worshipping this evening, uh, in song number three, it was like the Lord went, Ah, it's for now. It's for now. So I've gone and got this carpet. Because I don't know about you, but there's some things that happen in my life that the Lord speaks to me about time and time and time again. And one of the pictures that the Lord often gives me is of unfolding. So he shows me and showed me many times in the past a picture of a carpet and of where I am on the carpet. So the carpet represents the journey of life. And most of the time I'm on the journey and along I'm going and it's all good. And most of the time... I can see a section in front of me. I know where I'm going. As you know, I've got a few things planned uh, because I like to plan things. Uh, There's a holiday book. There's what I'm going to do on this sermon series or whatever it is. I've got some plans and I'm fairly happy walking along. But every now and again, the Lord says, actually, I'm not rolling any more out now. And I don't know about you, I'm not very good at treading water. For the swimmers in that Colin, you're probably very good at this. But it feels like you're on hold. You're on hold. That you can't see anything that's coming ahead. You have no idea what is next. This is the circumstance of our lives right now. We don't know what is coming next. We know there's change, but we don't know what it is. And a sense of the Lord saying, this is how I've planned this moment to be. There's been a little roll-up like this here on the journey and here on the journey where I couldn't see any further than just a few steps. And yet at each of those occasions, I have felt the prompting of the Holy Spirit to say, it's okay, just hold on. Don't lose heart. Trust in me. So we're going to leave the carpet up here. I might come back to it later. I'll see what God says as we go through. So uh, we're going to have a a bit more of a look at this passage in 2 Corinthians, which is encouraging us about not losing heart. And as we read this passage, uh, I'm encouraging you to hear it like you're hearing it for the first time and to take on board what the scripture says 
to your circumstance, to your context, to whatever you're going through right now in your lives. So you might want to close your eyes and drink it in, however, whatever works for you. So we'll carry on. 2 Corinthians 4. Therefore, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that his all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive and always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body. So then, death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. It is written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. Since we have that same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you to himself. All this is for your benefit so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Life might be uncertain for you. Maybe it's unknown the way forward in your circumstance, in your health, in your marriage, in your work life, in your finances. It might be just challenging for you. You can see the way forward, but you've no idea how you are going to get through this next chunk of life or of work or of your relationship. It might be that you're in the normal season of life and there's moments of joy and moments of sorrow. There'll be a whole mixture in the room tonight. But wherever we are, the Lord's encouragement is for us not to lose heart. So what can we learn from this passage about never losing heart? Because if you remember Paul, who's written this 2 Corinthians passage, he is having the most unbelievable time in his ministry. In fact, you could say that his missionary work was literally killing him. He was shipwrecked, he was stoned, he was put in prison, he was tortured on every front. It was a real battle for Paul. And yet he writes these powerful words in the midst of situations which are probably more challenging than whatever we are facing this day. I know that for myself on the journey of life, there are so many times when I feel so weak that I just don't have what it takes to do what I think I need to do. I don't have resource or wisdom. I don't have energy or creativity. And I long for more of those things. But again, so often, the whisper of the Spirit to me is, it's okay. I know you're weak. I know you're broken. But when you're weak, I am strong. God is strong for you tonight. And we see this in this passage, first of all, 
we see that weakness is the occasion for God's power. I love that phrase. Weakness is the occasion for God's power. So if you're feeling weak tonight, if you do not have what it takes, do not worry. This is an opportunity for God's power to be at work in your life, in and through you. And Paul describes it in this passage as treasure in jars of clay. It's like the message and the messenger. The message is the treasure, the gold, Jesus Christ himself, the incredible riches that we find in our Saviour. But the messenger is in a jar of clay, a maybe slightly cracked, slightly broken, some of the paint's rubbed off. It's been through a lot in its time, this jar. And yet, it's through all that that God's light shines through us. There was a lady called Corrie Ten Boom, many of you will have heard about. And uh, she was uh, in a Nazi, um, she was helping Jews escape the Nazis in the Holocaust in World War II. And uh, an incredible story she writes about in The Hiding Place. And uh, she was imprisoned for her actions. And uh, the suffering was unbelievable. And yet she wrote these words. There is no pit so deep that God's love is not deeper still. There is no pit too deep that God's love is not deeper still. May that be an encouragement for us tonight in our weakness, in our challenge, that God is always deeper still. So, weakness is the occasion for God's power. We have the message and the messenger in the the treasure in the jar of clay. We see that there's nothing beyond God's love. No situation that is beyond God's reach. And then we can think about this from a sailing illustration. Now, I am not a sailor. Uh, My friends Clive and Mandy are sailors, and they would often tell me stories, Clive, of going out on the sailing boat. And there was one thing he would say to me, that sometimes he'd go out and the winds would be so blustery, they'd be like, how on earth are we going to make it from here to here? This looks ridiculous. Surely we shouldn't get on the boat. But apparently... They can use and harness the very winds that are against them to make progress. So it might be tonight that the Lord wants to encourage you that the very winds that feel like they are against you, that are buffeting you on every side, that make you feel like you're not sure how to stand firm, they might be the very thing that allows us to make progress. Of course, when we're in the storm, it always feels scary. It always feels like we're not in control. And yet, of course, on the journey of life, when we look back on our walk with the Lord, so often, isn't it the times when we've got battered around the most, that we've grown the most, that the Lord has used that storm to bring progress in our lives? using the very winds that are against you to make progress. Maybe that's for one or two of you tonight. 
So weakness is the occasion for God's power. And number two, weakness is productive. These uh, verses in uh, verse 13 to 15 say this. It is written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. Since we have the same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak. Because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you to himself. All this is for your benefit so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Weakness is productive. We can look at it like, like this. Weakness produces dependence and strength. Dependence and strength. You know, there's no place that God can use you more than when you're in a position of dependence on him. So often, if we go into a situation in our own strength, our own skills, our own abilities, where we think, yeah, we've got it sorted, we don't even acknowledge God. We don't invite him into the things that we're doing because we think that we can do it on our own. And when we do things on our own, the amount of lasting fruit is often so much less. But when we do things relying on our Heavenly Father, asking for fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit to empower us in all the things that he is calling us to do, the Bible says the good works that he has set apart for us to do, then we see God's strength at work in our weakness. And it benefits others. I don't know about you, but there's so often when I've seen somebody being powerfully used, clearly not because they've got it all together, but because they are wholeheartedly surrendered to Jesus, wholeheartedly reliant upon him. And it's, it's so exciting to see it benefits others. Later, in, in this passage of 2 Corinthians, Paul writes these incredible words. Remember the opposition and the storms of life that he's facing. And he says this in verse, uh, chapter 12, verses 9 and 10. But he said to me, God said to Paul, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. I find this passage so challenging and inspiring at the same time. Of course, so many of us will struggle to delight in our weaknesses. We often pray, Lord, please can you take this weakness away? And yet, in our weakness, in our hardships, in insults, in persecutions, in difficulties, 
God shows himself to be the living God that he is, powerful and active in our lives with plans and purposes that he will bring his glory to rest upon you and I in our day-to-day lives, in our workplaces, in our schools and in our colleges, with our families and our friends. Because when we're around the people that we're surrounded with Monday to Friday or in our case Sunday to Friday, whatever it is, every day off you have. When we're surrounded by these people, there's not a lot of hiding can be done. And yet, God's glory in the day-to-day things of life can shine through our weakness. This week, will you each day get up in the morning and surrender yourselves afresh to God? This week, will you begin your day saying, Lord, when I'm weak today, show your strength. Release your power in me for your glory. So often we spend our time in this culture and Western context that we find ourselves in trying to measure our strengths and our weaknesses. Uh, I've been doing job application forms recently and there's a lot of sections about strengths and weaknesses and nailing those and saying what they are. We want to measure our strengths and weaknesses. And yet tonight, my encouragement to you is to get another ruler out, a different scorecard out. This guy called Michael Ramsey says this, the only measure that matters is proximity to Jesus. The only measure that matters is proximity to Jesus. So let's take our eyes off the ruler that's measuring our strengths and weaknesses and rather surrender ourselves to our Heavenly Father, asking for his Holy Spirit to empower us and get close to Jesus. My question for you as we come to a close is... How close are you to Jesus right now in your life? You might know straight away, actually I'm really distant. I haven't picked up my Bible since last Sunday. I haven't really talked to God. I'm not certainly not trusting him and leaning not on, on my own understanding, but in all my ways acknowledging him. No, I'm just trying to do it in my own strength. If that is you, tell God tonight. It might be that you are just so in love with the Lord Jesus. You are so walking close with him. And yet you want more. I've often spoken here about practicing the presence of God. And something that I've tried to do over many years is to become more and more aware of God's presence. Every moment, every moment. And of course, it's pretty impossible to do, but the more we seek to be aware of God's presence, to acknowledge him, to surrender ourselves before him, the more we are aware that he's right here with us. If you're close to Jesus tonight, in the most important measure that matters, decide to be closer still in the week ahead. 
I've had the privilege this week of visiting two members of our congregation here at St Saviour's in hospital. Both of them such an encouragement, saints in the faith. I sat at the hospital bed of Pam Reeves and as we prayed together and she held my hand and said yes in agreement to the things that we were praying together and as she spoke out loud the Lord's Prayer as we prayed together there was this sense of joy in her spirit. Pam is an incredible person. She's been through some really difficult things in her life and yet she's one of the most grateful people I know. I said, how are you doing, Pam? Oh, I'm fine. I said, how are you getting on in the hospital? Oh, they're lovely here. They're so lovely. They're looking after me. Are you in pain? Oh, not really. She's just focused on everything positive. And time with her was such an encouragement because through the journey of life, I don't know how old Pam is. I'm guessing she's in her 80s. Um, Through the journey of life, she has decided never to lose heart. She will not lose heart. Her faith and her trust is in her saviour. Then I spent time with the lovely Jim Scott. When Jim was younger, he was a missionary in Africa. And he has incredible stories to tell. Now, Jim is really unwell at the moment, really unwell. Uh, Do pray for Jim and for his wife, Joan, because it's really, really tough for them. But again, just spending time with a man who gave up everything, who left friends and family and country, to go and share the good news of Jesus with folks in Africa who went through all sorts of suffering when he was there and who now faithfully and patiently and quietly has a gentle faith and trust in the Lord. It's inspirational. I thought there's another example because he's never lost heart. So whatever age and stage we are tonight, we can decide in our will, in our hearts, in our spirits, that whatever comes ahead, however much we can see the journey and we understand what the Lord's up to, whenever it gets to the point where we've no clue what's happening and what God is up to and we don't know where to turn, do not lose heart. His love is faithful. He is with you. He is for you. And he will strengthen you in your weakness. He will empower you as you rely on him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we want to acknowledge your goodness and your grace. We thank you so much, Lord, that you have said in your word that you have plans and purposes for every one of us, that you have good works for us to do. And for some of us, we might be at a place when we're losing heart, when we are struggling in the challenge or in the not knowing or whatever it may be. And Lord, we pray now by the power of your Holy Spirit, you would rest upon any individuals tonight who are facing that moment of feeling like they might be losing heart. Holy Spirit, rest upon them. Fill them up afresh that they may have a new infilling of your empowering, of your spirit, of your presence, of your encouragement. Lord, we pray for any in the room tonight who are walking with you, but just do not know how to get through the challenge ahead or what is to come. 
I pray for each person in that situation, Lord, that they tonight would place their hand in yours, hold on, and decide whatever may come, they will not lose heart. And Lord, for any tonight who realise that they're distant from you, that they've been living life in their own strength and in their own ways and they're not reliant and dependent upon you, Lord, may they hear your gentle call of love and of grace tonight that welcomes them back and says, come to me, come to me.